0: 7.02 Masterclass. Time for a masterclass and we are joined in studio by Zayda Manuel who is a portfolio manager for the first time home buy segment and Zayda joins us for this masterclass on the real costs of buying a house. I came across a video that I just got sucked into it ended up going viral and I must credit um, the lady who was in this video sharing her story On TikTok and the details of how she found herself, her and her husband deciding to buy a home and upgrade, and what the costs were, and why she regretted buying, finding herself um, not just um um admittedly saying that she could have done a bit more research, but also at the back end of this economic crisis we're in. So Dr. K Legalagala is the one who shared um, this video. It's about an eight-minute long clip. I will share it on my social media. Um, and uh, you can just go and listen to what she expresses. And I mean, I know, after having a baby and deciding your oh, house is too small, need to go into a bigger house, being both a, you know, also being a homeowner. I'm not going to talk about from my perspective, the cost of like, oh, you're in a bigger house. So uh, obviously you're paying more. The costs I didn't, let me give you a simple example. Do you know how much more handy andy is being used (laughs) in the house? Just that the grocery bill went up because suddenly you have more than two toilets and now they all need cleaning products or the fact that like those are the little unseen costs where you're like, oh, I knew electricity would be more, but I didn't realize it would be much more. I knew water would be more. I didn't know it would be much more. So when I watch this very relatable story, and she does say, look, fortunately, her and her husband are in a position where they are in a place career-wise where they can afford, but that is not the reality for many. So that's why I want to have this masterclass is to say, yay, go real, go rough. When a, when a bank says to you, you can afford 10,000, you qualify for 10,000 rand a month. What are the things you actually need to look at? Zida, you've seen this video. It is all of us.
1: Uh, good afternoon and thanks for having me today on the show and good afternoon to all the listeners. It's a real topic and I think home ownership is something that's very dear to all of us. We'd all like to be in that stance and that sphere of life of owning a home. Mm. We desire to have our own homes, whether it's the first home you're buying in your family or you're buying a family home. You know, it's, it's a very, very, very important a purchase mm. in your life and it's very dear to you as well. I always say your home represents your personality, it's mm. who you are, what you are. And the buying a home, um, it's a lot of preparation. Mm. So we always get excited about, I want to be a homeowner, I want to be a homeowner, great. But the preparation to become a homeowner is very, very important. And one of the fundamentals is starting with your budget. Mm. That is the most important uh, aspect. First is by preparing to be a homeowner or thinking of, of the journey to purchase a home, start with your budget first. Actually look at your budget and determine, do I have surplus in my budget? What are my current
0: expenses? Do I have savings? Can I can I take us a step yeah. back before we actually yeah. get to the numbers right? Now, the, the home ownership thing, I find is very emotional and I look at my parents' generation and they lived in a time where owning property was an investment. I want us to quickly touch on who actually owns the house if you're still paying the bank, number one. And when is it an investment? Number two. So that when a person is saying, I'm ready to buy a home, they are challenging themselves to ask what is the purpose of buying a home? Are you buying a home to have a roof over your head? Are you buying a home because you want to see your name on a title deed? Are you buying a home so that you can rent it out to make? Because I know of people who say, actually, I bought my first property while living at home and stayed at home. Because I knew what the purpose was. And I needed it to pay itself off. So I just want us to touch on that at the beginning because... There are still people who are like, yo, but property is an investment. I'm like, how if the bank comes after 19 years and say you stop paying, so we're taking the house? So
1: great, <laughs> great. Thanks. So I think as an individual, you'll sit and ask yourself, I wanna purchase a home. What what's the reason? What's the intent of it? Mm. If once, if it's is it for you to live in, then that's it. And it's also very dependent on the journey of your life and where you are. Second, If you want to do wealth creation using property, so you may be thinking of early investing Mm. where you're thinking, I want to buy the home, but I'm happy to live at home with my parents Mm. and I actually want to start investing my money into property. Then you're sort of looking at expanding and over time creating your wealth through investment into property. And that's okay. I think when you go into the sphere of thinking of investing into property, it's also very, very good to be well-educated mm. around investment into property. There's a lot of good industry bodies that surround. Example, SAPIN, it's a great network mm. that really educates you about property investment. How do you do it? How do you go about it? Because residential can be one sphere, commercial is another, student accommodation is another. Mm. And I think it really depends on you as an individual. When you think of real estate, is it a residential property for yourself first and then um, and then generate wealth through through property. And I think diversifying is very good. Um, but I think it really starts with your personal goals as mm. wanting to be a homeowner. And I think that's it starts with, you know, where do you see yourself? As a young person, you're starting to work, you're a first jobber, okay, I've got I've got income. I haven't made I haven't started my first credit would probably be to want thinking of buying the home mm. but is it for me to live in or you know what i'm happy to live with the parents i'm going to buy it as an investment property it's a one better i'm a first job it's mm. a one better i'll rent it out it'll pay for itself Um, And then maybe I can think as I grow in my career and I grow in my income and my life stage grows, I can then think of expanding and thinking differently about property. Mm. And I really think those are some of your individual goals that you need to look at as you start the journey.
0: So let's say now, um, let's use the scenario of many people which are... they're of the view that renting feels like a waste of money. You're paying somebody else's bond, right? Yeah. Which is a which is a whole other conversation because yeah. you're paying for a roof over your head. Yeah. I, I used to believe that for a long time. Then I'm like, no, it's not a waste of money. You're paying for a roof over your head and security and you're paying to be able to call someone else to say, yo, your pipes are not working. Come and fix your things. So let's use the scenario of the person who's like, actually, I've got my car. I'm ready to buy a house to live in, right? Let's make it an average family. It is parents, two kids, and let's assume it is a single income household because double income is like not that common. Single income household, and they want to buy a property to live in, let's call it a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, and work on a round figure of one million rands. They've eyed the property. Maybe they saw it, and then were like, yo, We think that could be our home. What's the exercise of the budgeting exercise? You can tell us a hypothetical salary that this person would have to like, yo, actually, if you're looking at a 1 million rand property, maybe that's about 10,000 rand a month you would need to have just for the bond. Now you need to look at, are there levies? Are there this? What are some of those things we need to look at? So I think you
1: know we first start. I spoke earlier about budget. Mm-hmm. So even before you thinking of your budget, sitting down, let's start with budget. You need to sit and see in your budget what is your current income, what is your expenses, and what is your surplus. The second step, and within that budget exercise, it's very good to look at what are the expenses. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things you can reduce? Are there things you can actually not have any longer in your as an expense line? Because when you become a homeowner, there's new expenses that that also comes into your budget that you mm. have to to consider. I think the second thing is that before you have a value in mind of a home loan value that you can that you can qualify for, it's very good to do what's called a pre qualification. Mm. So rather do a pre qualification based on your income and your expenses to determine how much you could qualify for so that you have a value in mind to shop around. Because like you say, if if you've if you've done your, your pre qualifier and it comes out that you can qualify for a million Rand, great. But it's a million Rand at the current, say the current interest rate. Mm. Current lending interest rate is eleven point five eleven point seven five percent today. I think based those are two important things to do. The third the third important thing is that your credit score is very important because your credit score is a, is a, it's an intricate it's a very significant ingredient that will afford you credit from fi- a financial institution mm-hmm. and a bank that will consider you to give you lending for a home loan. It's a very important ingredient mm-hmm. it's also very important to understand your credit profile. What does your credit score look like? you know is it healthy is it not healthy? You can access a free credit. Report annually from one of the credit bureaus, TransUnion or Experian, as an example. And it's very good to understand your credit score because if there's things that are not healthy on your credit score, you have time to maybe fix those things Mm. before you actually go and apply for for a loan at a financial institution. So outside of those three important things to do, I think then once you you understand your budget, you've done a pre-qualifier, you know your credit score is healthy because your credit score also really determines, you know, what kind of lending we're going to give you. Is the Mm. bank going to give you a full 100% loan or not? Because really it's it's a very important ingredient Mm. outside of the affordability. It's a very important decision. So in the combination of that, then we now know what you can afford to buy. So you can go and search for a property. But be, even before you search for the property, if you know that the qualifier says to you as an indicator, you could get a million rand, right? You could qualify for a million rand at the current lending rate. What you should do first is look at bond calculators. They avail- It's a good resource and a good tool. They're available on bank websites and also some mortgage originator websites. Private property also has P24s twenty four calculators. So a bond calculator really says, if today I can afford a million rand, at the current lending rate, my installment is about 12,000 rand a month. Mm-hmm. If the interest rate increases, so now you're trying to see if you geared that if the interest rate goes to 13% or 14% or 15% in two or three years' time, we don't know. It's, it's unpredictable. So if it varies, my budget is geared for that variable rate increases so that I can be accustomed to the in- bond installment that would increase over time because that's one factor, right? The bond installment is one expense of your budget.
0: And, and I'm glad you're mentioning that because yeah. I don't actually know anybody <laughs> that has gone on the bond calculator. The only number they play with is 200,000 deposit or 150. Mm-hmm. They only play with the deposit and not the interest. I'll be honest, I didn't play with the interest Rates And I think I'm paying almost 3,000 rand more, right? Fortunately, um, I'm in a position that it's not affecting me, but it could have. So I did not make the decision that I should have was to say, hey, what if, you know, so in that what if scenario, are you saying we should add maybe 3% to say, look, if this interest rate went up, let's call it by 3%, Mm. what would that bond repayment, repayment look like
1: exactly and it's very important to do that exercise because it, you can actually you gear in your budget for an unforeseen interest rate cycle that we don't know will come but mm. you gearing yourself personally right so that you don't find yourself distressed if that does happen in the near future the second additional expenses right that you must consider because now, you know, we're still preparing. We, we haven't even gone to look for a property. We're still preparing. So, what's becoming a homeowner? Things like insurance, important to consider. Mm. It becomes an additional expense because now you need homeowner's insurance So, to to, man, to, to ensure the structure of your property if mm. you're purchasing a freestanding property. Then you also need what's called credit protection, which is taking out insurance against the lending value that you've taken up with the bank the bond as an example so in unforeseen circumstances you are insured you don't leave your beneficiaries in an un in not uh, not a suitable position so it's best to have credit protection insurance or even credit life insurance to take it up it's very very good and it's very important
0: do many people actually have that specific insurance or do many of them kind of rely on life insurance to settle bills 'Cause I don't hear it advertised that yeah. much.
1: Yeah. So look, um, speaking as as financial institutions, mm. it is available. It is spoken of within when we take up credit. I think it's still ultimately a, a choice of a mm. consumer to take up credit protection uh insurance with your with any lending that you mm. may take up, specifically the bond. Or you can have life insurance with whoever, and you can cede that life insurance to the home loan that you're taking up. You've got to make sure the value of your insurance policy is the similar value to the home loan value that you're taking up. Mm. And it's important to do that because, you know… Once you have you a homeowner, you might have beneficiaries, right? Whichever children, partners, mm. anybody, extended family, and you wouldn't want to leave them in in, in not a good situation if you mm. are if if there's an unforeseen circumstance. Then there's a third element that link closely to insurance is a will. Mm. A will is very important to have and to draft so that. You very clearly state what happens to the assets that you may own, so that your beneficiaries are very clear of what happens in in an unforeseen circumstance. Mm. There's very clear instructions of what has to happen. That's one of the additional expenses as a theme. The second expenses is electricity and water. Mm. So today you look at a property, they'll tell you it's average at 500 Rand. It's never that amount, I promise you. The amount
0: they tell you to get you to buy the place (laughs) or even to rent, it's never that amount.
1: Exactly. And once again, you have to factor in annual increases. Hmm. So you must play again with the calculator. So if you're saying, okay, if it's average 500, as an example, if over a three-year period, if it goes up to three times, can I afford the three times increase? Mm. And once again, you need to gear your budget for that. Mm. Rates and taxes, a very similar approach. You've got to gear your budget. If there's annual increases, can I afford over a three-year period three Mm. times of an increase of the current uh, value that I would be paying as an estimate? Based on all of that, you then, as you say, depending on the type of home that you're looking at, if you if you were renting a one-bed or a studio and now you're moving into a family-type home, as we explained earlier an example, mm. there's increase in bedrooms. So now you're thinking, okay, the property size is increasing, the location might increase. So would transport cost increase? Mm. Because from where I am now, where I would like to move to a different suburb, would transport costs increase? So you need to factor that in. And today we know we have petrol price increases. That's very unexpected. So that's one of the things to consider. You you (laughs) mentioned earlier groceries. Grocery budget would increase. The house is bigger. There's more family to feed, like those, those are mm. things, real, real things to consider, right? And I think what's really, what you're actually testing and stress testing yes. <laughs> is stress testing yourself financially. Mm. If you actually can afford to be a homeowner, right? And what's also another factor and what's important is that if you're buying in sectional title properties, you've got levies. Mm. So levies can be one value today, but annually they increase. So are you geared for that increase? There'll be special levies because of somebody, corporates would want to do certain maintenance requirements. Are you geared for that? And I think part of stress testing your budget is all of those things. Mm. Even before you start searching for a property, because Mm. you can search for your property And like I say, location is important. Access to other amenities and networks are also important to consider, right? And I think once you shop for your home, there's more things to look at. Mm. Because shopping for a home is wonderful. We get delighted by the pictures. But when you go and you view a home, you need to consider the structure, check the walls, understand the roofing, Look at the piping, ask questions about the electrical, the piping. Mm. Because you don't want to find yourself being delighted by a home. And when you move in, more unexpected expenses. Because mm. now you've got to find yourself fixing a lot of things.
0: And uh, somebody like me, I love old properties. I love old houses because of the space. Yeah. There are certain things we need to look at. It is 2.30 time for latest. So I witness miss you's headline. Masterclass. On our Masterclass for today, we're talking about the real costs of buying a house and what to look out for. 011-883-0702 in the WhatsApp line 72 702 We're speaking to Zida Manuel, um, who is Portfolio Manager for the First Time Home Buyer. Zida, earlier on, I mean, um, you know, we spoke about the budgets and the things to look at and how to do the little stress test of what if costs go up. If you're in a sectional title, um, um, the levies and all of those things and water and electricity, I want to quickly ask a question around what you said about the surplus income that you have, right? Because usually people just say, this is my income, these are my expenses. Have you found in your line of work that many people know the true cost of what they're spending? Because that 30 rand airtime, 50 rand coffee shop, cafeteria, it doesn't really get calculated. I got the shock of my life. Thank goodness for having an accountant as a brother who took my bank statements and transferred and said, do you know you spend this much? I was like, there's no way. There's no. It's like there. That's how much you spend there. You should own shares there by now.
1: Absolutely. You know, I think when we look at our budgets, and that's why when I said, when we look at expenses, are there things we can cut down on? And we actually don't need to do it. And I think when you actually sit and assess your budget, which shouldn't be a once-off activity. <laughs> it should be, right? it should be, uh, a, a diligent activity that you actually do very frequently because as you've mentioned you've you, you your brother took your statement and showed you spending too much coffee buying too much coffee et etc so as we are as people we do we do, we do need to look at expenses that are actually yes. not necessary and where we can cut down specifically. So I think it's very important and a very good behavior mm. to, to frequently look at your budget so you can actually see where you can cut down and where you can increase your surplus. Mm. Because part of, part of the journey to home ownership is also understanding that not only these additional expenses that you need to consider, but there's bond costs because that's the associated cost. Attorney fees are the associated costs through the journey of buying a home.
0: Oh, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And you need to understand. So as much as when you do your pre-qualification, you get a value. We spoke about the million rand value. Mm. You would then see approximately what would be your bond cost associated. You need to have savings. Do you have enough savings to actually accommodate those costs. Also, do you have savings to put down for a deposit when, you, when you're when purchasing your home? Because it's very good to have a deposit when you purchase your home.
0: Oh, oh yeah. I, I know that obviously everybody's credit score um, is taken no, into note, but what is the average that you would say, look, if you're doing the little exercise on your own, work on a, would you say 20% deposit or 10%? What do you say is the fair sort of generic percentage 20. that a person should look at?
1: Look, I, I'm not going to give you a, a final figure, but I would say, you know, if you if you can afford 10 or 20%, it's very good to have a deposit towards putting down to purchase your home. Mm. I think it's a good ingredient that would support you around interest rates. Um, and also, I think it also helps you over the period of time to for your contribution towards installments for the repayment. And and I think those th- that's very very important to look at, and that's why doing the pre-qualification really helps you to understand exactly what you can afford. Helps you with the stress, stress testing mm. scenario, and I think the educational and pre-buying tools are accessible and available through different mediums. You know, there's through through private property P24. APSA Bank has great tools on their website. The pre-qualification an e-learning journey that Mm. actually teaches you about home ownership end-to-end and it's very good to do this research. I'd also like to quickly touch on one thing that helps first-time home buyers and Mm. it's actually a government subsidy. A government Mm. subsidy called First Home Finance and First Home Finance which is also known previously as FLIS but it's renamed to First Home Finance. It's a government subsidy that helps first-time home buyers you know, to purchase a home and become a homeowner. So what the subsidy does is for all income earners between 3,501 Rand and 22,000 Rand gross income Mm. can be eligible to qualify for the subsidy. It is a separate application. There is a set criteria, but one of the key criteria is the income threshold that you earn. And you can submit your application to the National Housing Finance Corporation, NHFC, and they can v- evaluate your application and see if you qualify for the first home subsidy. I think it's a really great tool to help a lot of homeowners that would like to become a homeowner. It's it's a good anchoring tool to support first time home buyers to become a homeowner. And I think that's how the government does support mm. uh, uh, um, consumers to become a first a first a homeowner. So you can access more information about the first home finance government subsidy through uh, www.nhfc.co.za. And
0: it's quite a straightforward site. Very I just I found it as you were speaking. So there's information on yes. bridging finance, yes. um, on how it, it works in aff- affordable housing, bridging yes. finance as well. So head over to nhfc.co.za if Absolutely. you are a first-time Hope by looking for some subsidy. Yes. All right. So now we've gotten to the point where um, this person is like, okay, I've done the stress test. I'm going to put down a 20% deposit, 200,000, rand. Right? I can see based on these interest rates, how much I'm going to be spending after 20 years. We are good, right? I, I am good. And on top of that, I've seen that there must, there'll be transfer fees. This will be the legal fees. I've got the money. Sitting and waiting now before they finally pull the trigger, what are some of the last things that you think maybe people don't pay attention to? Because you mentioned when you go into the house because now seeing the pictures and even looking at the house one time, I think you need to go two or three times and hear what your gut is yeah. telling you yeah and and maybe burn some sage in a corner and be like, <laughs> yay you know like you know go again because sometimes the energy of that day made you be like this is such a great home and then you come you're like i didn't notice that crusty thing and maybe i would even say bring a mom bring a somebody bring other people that will see the things from a non-emotional perspective that because you are envisioning what color you're going to paint the walls what what furniture is going to be there and they're like i'm sorry what is that leak What is that weird sound when I flush the toilet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely spot on. And I think those are the things. That's why searching for a property, we're delighted by the pictures. But I I really, really, really agree with you. See the property more than once. Take other people with you to view the property. In fact, you could also take some professional experts with you. So when Mm. I say professional experts, I'm talking about... You could actually take a certified electrical person with you to look at the electrical, um, you know, around the property. If it's certified, if it's compliant, mm. you can take somebody as a plumbing specialist to make sure that there's no funny things going on with plumbing so that you're not finding yourself in a difficult position. Because exp- And you will only really take professional experts with you when you're really, really interested in this home. Another, Some people also actually take... A, a valuer with you to actually see, is this property worth the price mm, that they're, that asking, they're for. asking for? Is it in good standing? And you as an individual, you could also extract property suburb reports. You can actually access them off mm. private property as an example so that you can see that is the asking price in average surrounding in this suburb? Is is, it, is properties appreciating in the suburb over time? You know. In fact, you can even visit the nearest police station to understand the crime stats in the area.
0: Can I tell you what I even do? Yeah. I always ask, why are you leaving? Yes. Even if it's for rental, why are you leaving? Yeah. And I'll hear, I remember looking at a property once and the guy shared, because um, th- that area, you know, after speaking to a friend, was she said to me, listen, as a, a real estate agent, Don't go to that area. I know it looks like a good deal, but you're two streets away from the creepy area creeping into that space. So when the man said, oh, no, my wife and I are divorcing, and I was like, "Mm, hmm, for real? Mm." (laughs) And then went back again because you have to look a second time. Yeah. You're like, this house is not as great as I thought. And then I would even say finding out if you're a person who goes to spa or check, where's the closest one? Yes. Where's the nearest garage if I need to buy something at night? Those things that we don't even look at. The nearest school,
1: Mm. if you're in a different life stage, near amenities, hospitals. Is it easy for you to access transport networks or the highway? Right. You know, so maybe visiting the property more than once on a weekend, during the week, what does that look like? And like I say, take professional experts with you if you're really delighted by the property. I think one other thing that's very, very important to, to consider. So say you, you've you you've done all your research with the property. You've
0: brought experts. You've brought a few
1: siblings. We we, we go in with this
0: one. You've brought the medium to tell you somebody died there. <laughs> you've done it all.
1: All, right? <laughs> and you are so comfortable. So the next <laughs> biggest thing that you need to do is complete the offer to purchase. Now, this is a legally binding document. Mm. You... Between yourself, the seller, the estate agent, you'll start completing a few, the documents. Mm. But before you sign the document as a willing buyer, please, please, I encourage you to read the document. Mm. There's a lot of, maybe there's a lot of reading and you might not understand everything. It's best, once again, to consult an expert. Mm. So, yeah, there's some legal firms that actually... Uh, will help you go through the document mm. and, and pinpoint out certain things you need to be mindful of that maybe was, that wasn't that was discussed with you and now you're going through document because once you sign the document, you legally bind it to it. So before you sign the offer to purchase, I, I do encourage you to read it. And if you, there's things you don't understand and you're not very clear about, rather best consult a professional expert like a lawyer and mm. ask the lawyer just to go through the, the, the document with you before you actually sign the document, and you then submit your financing application to the bank with that offer to purchase because you're now a willing buyer and interested mm. in this property. Yeah. We're going to
0: take a quick break. Your questions on 0118830702 and the WhatsApp line 0727021. Sure and FSP T's and C's apply. 702 Masterclass. On our Masterclass for today, we are talking the cost of buying a house, the real cost, all the ones that you may not see. We take your calls on 011-883-0702 and the WhatsApp line 072-702-1702. And we're joined by Jaida Manuel, who is Portfolio Manager for the First Time Home Buyer. Now, let us go to the lines. And we've got Tabo from Pretoria. Hi, Tabo. how are you? Hi, Rukogile. Thank you for, this, uh, for
2: the show, uh, as, as always. Thank you uh, I've got a question for your, uh, for your guests there. I've signed an OTP with uh, an estate agent, but they've made uh, quite a few representations which have uh, turned out to be not true mm. in terms of um, the legal fees, and they said they could prescribe to the bank which um, uh, lawyers to handle the bond registration and the trans- and the transfer of the property. But um, that's not the case. And, uh, you know, the fees that they promised were a lot lower than what, what is now being charged by the, by the bank, mm. um, the, the bank appointed attorneys. So, so, is there any recourse? Is there a way of getting out of this? We fortunately had everything in writing as a special condition in the OTP. Um, and how enforceable is, is that?
0: All right, um, um, Tabo, um, this is this was more of a finance conversation, but let's see, um, Zayda, from your side, um, especially where we left it off, that once the OTP is signed, there are legal obligations and financial obligations. So if you find that you've signed the OTP, but you find that, oh, you were kind of misled, what options are available to you?
1: Uh, thanks. I think with TABO, what you can do is the attorneys that are managing the transfer and bond process, you could approach the attorneys and see if they could um, and maybe negotiate a bit of attorney fee costs and something that you can actually afford. And I think you can enter into those negotiations to help you so that you could continue to proceed. But it's definitely worth having a conversation with the attorneys to see if they can negotiate those fees for you uh, based on what was originally um Uh, Documented in the offer to purchase.
0: And I I really hope, uh, Tabo, that uh, you have these things in writing because sometimes people say, oh, don't worry, that'll be included. And all of a sudden, it's not there and you have nothing to show for. And and by included, I'm giving an example of somebody decides to walk into a property and you're like, I really like this couch. It was built specifically for this room. And they say, don't worry, it will be included. And then come time now for things to actually uh, happen now it's not there. So there's there's one comment on the WhatsApp line from Lesikho which reads as follows It's a factor of three. Personally I have six toilets and five bathrooms and then you spread that through the 650 square meters Coming from 230 square meters, let's say it was a shock and the fact that I came from Norwood to Bryanston, all the costs went up extraordinarily Area, square meterage And that, and the what many people don't even realize, even positioning of the house, is it on a straight road? Is it in a cul-de-sac or even the shape of the site? It all adds up. It's just not for non-professionals to understand. 25 years through all of it, from policy to commercial, one step at a time, people have no idea what shapes and sizes mean, areas and income. Can you help us understand how shapes and sizes? I'm just thinking, let's say you live on a slope. Does that affect anything?
1: Yeah, so I think what happens is that, and part of searching for property is, and when we said location is important, so that sometimes is affiliated to your electricity and water bill, your rates and tax bill, and those does play a role. Even levies, the mm. size of the property will be accustomed to the cost of the levies in certain body corporates. Rates and tax gets calculated in that fashion, electricity. And mm-hmm. I think as... as um, um as 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 the listener actually commented is that she didn't realize because she must have questioned the increase in some of her utilities. Mm. And she's like, but why? And then the explanation came square meter of your house, the position of your house, the location of your home and in the suburb where she actually is. These are the average costs. Mm. So when you search for your property, it's very important to understand what is the average cost of rates and tax what are we actually paying for for utilities? So that you can factor in, can I actually afford it or not? Mm.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. And these are things I guess we don't think about. No, and I think it's
1: it's very important to do research in suburbs, suburb reporting, download those reports to have a good understanding and ask ask the questions around the average cost of utilities because that generally does get a lot of people get people
0: off guard. Is it ethical? And allowed and normal to actually just ask for their COJ account prior to signing an offer to purchase, assuming it's COJ or City of Twane, that you want to see. Because also, I mean, sometimes you're also stuck with some outstanding water bill. Yeah.
1: So I think, as we, if you buy in a pre owned property, as you go through the transition of, of the transfer piece of the pro- property, the attorney fees, attorney process, and to transfer, the seller has to produce a clearance certificate mm. from, from the city council, as an example. And that means all utilities must be up to date. Mm. So if utilities are not up to date at the point of interested in buying a certain property, then it does delay the transfer process. And then you might find yourself being delayed as a willing buyer. That process might take a little bit longer. But I think as you search for your property and you engage with the estate agent or the, or the seller, it is you can ask. You know what what is the cost? Could I perhaps have have a look at that? And I think Cause, it's, cause it's a conversation that you yes. can have with with the seller, as an example, or the estate agent to mm. actually see. You know what are those costs so that you can work out your budget? Because like I said, it's one thing to get you get your pre-qualifier of what you can afford. But now you need to make sure your budget's geared for all the additional expenses that you will incur as as a homeowner.
0: Yes. So if we were to go back to our hypothetical scenario of this person who thought they can afford a 1 million rand house after doing all these exercises, like, actually, I can only keep up with 5,000 rand a month bond which now means I qualify for something completely different. And now I can actually go out and look for the house. But you have to do the entire exercise. So in closing, what would you like to share with all of our listeners that they need to just look out for when they are exploring buying property? I think important in closing is do your research.
1: Access tools, um, educational tools, resource tools, they are available Banks have them available, apps has them available, property sites have them available. There's also one very good book that was written by Zamatunga Kumalo, Buying Your First Home. It's a really mm. good book that also can guide a lot of interested uh, potential um, homeowners to actually learn the entire journey about what it is to, to buy and own a home. And I think banks are not. We would like to support you and help you on the journey. We've got a lot of good content on our website. Please visit please visit the website and you are able to access a lot of good information and educational information and tools that you can use that can help you on your journey and the decision-making process. So that's in closing from me.